tonight is a guest night. It's Friday night in Adelaide, South Australia. And we'll get on to feedback first. Um, it's only been a few days since the last one. There's been no feedback apart from, Haha, I can't wait till you talk about the Fords and Dino Wog. That is coming. And that is not a racial slur. This is what this guy called himself and sold tunes from. But tonight I have a special guest. A guest, uh, he's a good mate of mine actually, and I've known him on and off for about 25 years. His name's Nick Strakaisen. He's a sort of a stalwart of the South Australian motor racing scene. And no commentator anywhere in Australia can actually pronounce his name. He's Nick Strakaisen, Nick Strakaisen, Nick Strakaisen, Nick Stratko. Thank God I know his name. He's a sort of like a, a Swiss ambassador to motor racing in South Australia. But let's go back right to the early days when I first met Nick. Nick, how are you going tonight? Very well, thank you. And he's a little bit stiff because he's not used to being in front of a microphone like I am. He's not like a twit like where well, he actually is. He's a bigger twit than me. But, you know, we've had a few drinks tonight, so we're, we're allowed to laugh. Um, I reckon I first ran into Nick in about 1992. And what were you driving? Oh, probably everyone's dream car, the FDRX7. No, go back even further. I knew you'd get this wrong, your show pony. What were you driving? Uh, a Mazda 323. So tell me about this Mazda 323. And for our friends in America, I'm not sure if you had the Mazda 323, whether it was called a Familiar or something else. Um, tell me about this 323, Nick. It was a twin car. What year was it? Uh, let me see, 80, 1982. Oh, tasty. Yes. Yeah, it was a twin car. You come a bit closer and speak up a bit, son. So, twin car. It was red. It was a two-door hatchback. Yeah. Yep. Um, it was 1.5 litres. And, um, yeah, it was a, a cool little car. Um, for you Americans, 1.5 litre, that's about 28 cubic inches or, or something. You know, something like that. It was not too impressive. But, you know what, if you could have one of those horrible little Japanese things back then before Japanese made really serious cars Nick could kind of smell it it had to have twin carbs and they were a little cracker they could do like an 18.2 second quarter mile I reckon back in the day possibly something like that they were pretty pretty sprightly so Nick's actually runs a, a decent sized electrical business here so they can basically wipe their bums with uh, $100 bills so uh, <laughs> or, or that, that is the standing joke the poor bugger, we give this to him all the time. So after that twin cam, I, I, I kind of saw you there, but after the twin cam, what was the next car? Oh, sorry, twin carb. What was the next car? Do you want to, you want to hear what I did with the twin carb when I turboed yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. You turboed it. What? I turboed it with an EFI. So what I did, I, um, I found this place in interstate in Sydney that imported uh, low kilometre, uh, like, you know, import motor. So this was a 1.5 turbocharged, multi-point fuel injected. Multi-point, like it had four injectors. Had four injectors. For four cylinders, for excellent. Four cylinders. Yeah, one yeah, for yeah. each cylinder. So it was yep. pretty, pretty cool in the day. Yep. And it had a, a different gearbox and it had uh, different drive shafts in the front, equal length drive shafts to stop torque steer. Uh, so all this little stuff. And uh, I bought this engine, oh, that would have been 1,200 bucks in the day and got it trained. About for, like 18 grand now. Uh, 18 grand, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The car was worth one buck and I yep. paid, you know, more than... Ten times yep. the car for the for the motor, and um, I did that for the little. I, I sort of wore the little twin carb motor out, running up and down the Adelaide Hills, 
through Devil's Elbow and um, that's why he's such a good tarmac rally racer Ben Calder because he cheats and he's been cheating for years so anyway you wore this engine out and you got this turbo thing and, and yeah. what happened make it quick because we got so oh, much more to go okay I stuck it in and um, got it tuned and it, it, it did 15 second quarter miles it was pretty fast 15 second quarter miles that was like Brock Commodore yeah, shit back like, in, you yeah. used to play Brock Commodore's off the that line. was Brock Commodore's shit back in the day so I kind of because Nick had like an a quintessential mullet he he was a rich electrician with a, a, a turbocharged Mazda three two three and a mullet. I kind of steered away from him because it wasn't really good for your social life to be hanging out with people like that. So the next time I saw you, you had a what? Well, I think it might have been the FD. Yeah, it was. That's why I jumped to the FD. I had a few cars in between before the FD. Um, KF Laser TX three four wheel drive was the next oh, car. What a heap of shit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> GSR Lancer. Uh, oh, great car, great car, 1.8. 1.8, crack. 1.8, That yeah. thing had yeah. the 4.4 diff or 4.1 diff ratio, oh. and you used to rocket that thing. At flat out, 170 k's an hour at 92,000 RPM in fifth. Yeah. But what a good car. Yeah, fantastic. Um, FDRX7, everyone knows what they are. This so what, what did you think about the FD? Why did you want a Batmobile with yourself? Was it like like a, a midlife crisis at 25? Uh, I think it was probably more like 28, but something like that, 25. <laughs> um, it was pretty stupid, actually, because... You could buy a unit in Tuzmore for, say, 55 grand, and I paid 60 grand for this RX-7. Guys, this is like, um, kind of, it, my US listeners, it's like getting a place two streets back off Rodeo Drive for the same cost as an RX-7. Idiot. Stupid, anyway, keep stupid, going. Stupid thing keep going. I had a lot of fun. I <clears throat> yeah. picked up the speeding in it, um, wound it off the clock, and you know did all stupid stuff. Did like you that. wind the clock back, or did you wind it off the clock? Bit of both. Yeah, <laughs> okay, bit of both. I like that. It had a digital speedo. It was a pretty cool car. When I got it, it was uh, one owner. How was that centre console thing? And the, the gear shift up there? It was pretty hard to get used to, but you, you, you put up with it. It had a pin sharp little gear shift from memory. It had nice little yeah. aluminium pedals in it. It was all lightweight aluminium arms on it. It was pretty cool. I didn't really modify it much. I had a little little uh, rotor flow muffler on it, which uh, oh, old exhaust technology. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it weighed about seven ton because that's what he made it out of. So did it have a chain holding it up like yeah, one of those yeah, dumb rotors? It no, it didn't. Did no, it, it didn't. No, no, the chain. No, have you seen the chain on race cars holding the rotor? Oh, flow. Yeah, oh. That's silly. No, it, it had the the, 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 the SP sideward dump on it. Yeah. And it sounded. It really improved the sound, and it made another ten kilowatts with it. Yeah, you needed right. to drag the exhaust around. You basically got honey there, yeah. yeah, um, yeah someone, someone... But, okay, so that was a beautiful car. And, you know, FDs now are, are collectible. And, and they're brilliant. They they were probably, I think, up there with the NSX as one of the pure Japanese cars, not like a sledgehammer thing like a GDR. They're a pure driver's car. Um, why did you get rid of it? Uh, I think it came down to the fact I had a child. You couldn't fit a yeah. baby seat in it. I never used it. And I moved on to the... Um, I suppose the back into the four wheel drive territory like the laser and the, the TX3. I went into WRX territory and SDI territory. Mm, now there's a problem right there. So I've actually got to talk to you about your WRXs because Nick in South Australia, Nick Streckles and Strakaisen, whatever you want to call him, Stratco, Julian, you'll be happy with that. Whatever you want to call him, he, there is some legend and myth around some of his times because Nick used to buy these cars and not only did he used to like thrash them illegally through the hills, but he actually used to take them to club motorsport events when he wanted to break the speed limit because he never broke the speed limit on the road. And that was a good thing about him. But some of what we hear, some of this urban myth and legend is just falsified beyond belief. So tell me about your first, and it was a two door. I had a version three, yep. high par, 
uh, STI, which was a 97 from memory. Yep. And it was a Japanese import, and everyone in it, you know, it's not Australian delivered, it's no good sort of thing. Uh, but it actually was pretty good. But you would have got it for like one buck because it was an import. Everyone else was paying like 80 grand back then. Well, I got two cars for the price of one. <laughs> <laughs> because it was, everyone used to say, oh, that car's been, yeah, it's two cars. The front half's come from this car, the back half's come from another. And that's why it was twice as fast. That's why it was twice as fast. Yeah. You know, so that, that's the theory behind <laughs> it anyway. But uh, it was actually a pretty cool car. It, it was, I think in today's terms. Version 3 is what year? It's 97. So I had the low dash in it. Yeah, um, but it was a two-door. It was a two-door. It's the first of the two-doors. Wow, that's rare as hell. This guy was sitting on a gold mine, yeah, yeah. dumbass. You want to hear what it right? had? It was a triple yeah. five edition. It had triple yeah. five logos on the seat, which was the oh. rally numbers. It had um, World Dude. Championship 97 rally stickers on it, on, yeah. on the boot. And um, yeah, it was a, it was white. It was, a, it was a pretty good car. It had a standard dip adjuster, which was the first car with a standard dip adjuster. And oh, really? And it was DCCD had, or whatever they yeah, call yeah. it, yeah. And it also had the bigger... Mm-hmm. And it, it had percentage ratio on the dip, so you had 35, 40, up to 60% rear. I think you could run 65%. Oh, I see. Rear. They never had that later on, the percentage. It was that a percentage thing. It, yeah, yeah, so it was pretty killer. It had um, water spray on the intercooler standard. It had... Um, I think that would... They just put the water sprayer there so that, that when your head gaskets were dripping on the line, it you thought it was your water spray. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that was to avoid that, warranty. That's... Yeah, well, this had no warranty. So, did you do anything with it? I put an exhaust on it, some coilovers on it, some big AP But grade. did you thrash the shit out of it? Oh, yeah, we did Colin Grove, say, a little hill climb in the, in the hills, which is... In the Barossa Valley, all you Yanks that are listening, the best wine came from there, and this guy didn't even drink it before he raced. That's how <laughs> mental he was, and still is. Um, and here's where the myth and legend and stuff that we can't quantify about you comes in. Apparently, you do these record times that we can't even beat today. How was that so? I think it was it was just the car and myself. And Julian and I used to egg ourselves along. Julian's a, a, another lad who had a version five Australian delivered. But you thrashed him, right? Of course, I thrashed him. And yeah. if you're listening, Julian, don't falsify your time. Just love, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was basically no good as a driver. Still yeah. is to this day. Yeah, he's, Sorry about that. Someone said he's just an... Like well, a, I know a bunch of ZL1 Camaro airbags that would say that he's not that good. However, <laughs> <laughs> you can't drink while you podcast. You just stop it now. Yeah. But here's the thing. Nick did these times and he spruiks on about it still today. But if you go through the archives... What year would this have been? Like late nineties, or let me go back to that was ninety seven. Mm. I would have had that in. Oh, he's got a deep breath. That's a massive breath. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe breath. it was 98, 99. Yeah. So what he's done is he's made this urban legend. It's like you know when you you come back from the shopping center and the car park and someone's put a, like a letter on your windscreen saying oh, I'm going to kill you and you drive off and there's an axe murder in the back seat this is what Nick's times are like no one can quantify it I, I know he's fast he, he can drive shit fast don't worry about that but I know there's one guy who's I was about to say something that I shouldn't probably say so I won't say it but there's one guy that's researched him heavily and is being queued to archives looking for times and looking for everything else and he can't find so Basically, with Nick, what you have to do is believe him or not. I choose not because uh, when did you grow up and get out of these stupid Subarus? Uh, when I realised the gearbox was broke all the time, and mm-hmm. there was. Uh... What about? Didn't you have 
a brand new Aussie one and you just smashed, someone tuned it and you smashed the engine first time you drove it. Yeah, it did. I'm not going to ask you who it was. It like, disintegrated. Someone did a super tune on it. It was good for about four minutes. It was, it was, it was, back then it was before you could flash them. It was a chip. Yeah, it had a... Had a nah, don't say what it was. A bit of chip in it. Yeah, a bit of chip and it wasn't one you put salt and it wasn't deep fried. But the engine was after basically one drive. Where did you drive it and how did it happen? Oh, it, the tuner said, look, had it with Dyna, we flashed it. Actually, you didn't have it on the Dyna. You didn't flash it. it. He chipped it. He chipped it. Anyway. so it's like chipping a tooth. Yeah, yeah, well, he definitely chipped it. He chipped yeah. the piston or two as well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. so um, we we uh, we had it. We, he said, take it up this hill. It, Was it a big hill? Explain the hill. Uh, There's people all around the world listening to this Okay, Flagstaff Hill Road, right? Yeah. Well, they don't know what that is. So it's a 100k zone. So 60 mile an hour, guys. Yeah, so you can take it up. So what you're doing, 120 mile an hour? Yeah, possibly something like that. Yeah, but it wasn't you. It was someone wearing a mask that looked like you. Correct. Or a mullet. Had a mullet on it. Had a mullet. Yeah. So anyway, the dude with the mullet was driving We got no fucking hair anymore. So I get to the just about to the top of the hill and it's smoke coming out of it. How did it go? Yeah. It sounded like a sand trap going off, you know. <laughs> what does a sand trap going off sound like? What I'm going through gravel. It was pinging okay. it oh, its tits off. So it's called machine gun detonation for all you listeners. They didn't slash and burn tuned it. That is burnt it. Yeah. Keep going. So what happened? You got to the top of the hill? Uh, I got on my pole on the phone, on the, on, the, on the brick I had at the time, which was the mobile. Yeah. And I said, uh, hey, dude, bring your car trailer up and um, check your insurance out. All right? Oh, <laughs> so what happened? Did you get it fixed? Uh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> the only way I got it fixed, it, it was going to be covered by some sort of warranty, and the only way I got it fixed in the end of the day was was a long story, but they said, come and pick your car up and bring your checkbook. Oh, <laughs> and now was your checkbook a bit lighter when you left? You got a yeah, bit of a haircut. Yeah, well, yeah I got haircutted for about But two. did you have the mullet still when you left? I had the mullet when I left, but I, yeah. half of it was gone because it was pretty, <laughs> pretty sad. Oh, that's actually great. Um, you know... It's so good. I'm sitting in the booth now. My little Westie, Mackie, wants to be part of this. He, he's scratching at the door, but he cannot come in because I've got a drunk Swiss person in the room and they can be they can basically eat dogs, from what I've heard. So after the Subaru thing, I kind of engaged you, but you grew up and you got a, a bit into Evos and that was a bit of a, yeah. a, 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 a crazy, like, unhinged time for you, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I, went to, I had a Tommy Mackinnon in the day and they were... Yeah, there was an Australian deliver one, but I was really hot on the imported stuff because they were cheaper and shittier, but yeah. not actually better in a lot of they ways. Were better they were better. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a it was a GSR version. Yeah. the first Mackinnon I had. Yeah, and uh, I had that car for probably five years, I think, or more. It's one of the. Did lot. you really? I had it for a fair time. It wow, because it was pretty cool. Yeah, we went up and it smashed the SBI times. Oh, of course. It, it, was, it was just better in every respect. Well, it doesn't have the head gaskets like sitting there swimming in coolant, as the Subaru people say, yeah. which is why they blow up. But anyway, tell me more about this Mac. This sounds Mac great. Mac was really good. It was uh, it had a half roll cage in it. It was a, it was a had a bride seat in it. And in the day, you know, it was just pretty cool to have something different than everyone else. It had coilovers, HKS. Wasn't that the best bride you could ever have, the one you could sit on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, your ass on it, yeah. You, <laughs> please don't let him drink light beer on a podcast anymore. So, you, did you Collingrove that thing much, or did you yeah. Malara, or what did no, you do with it? I did Collingrove, did Malara a few times, probably not so much track stuff. Um, 
What happened with Nikki? Because he grew up in the mountains, you know. He grew, for my American listeners, there are some mountains in Adelaide. They're, they're quite small mountains, but they're mountains. But we got some kick-ass roads. And he kind of grew up up there. So when we started to have tarmac rallies, like dirt rallies, but on uh, on hot mix, um, Nick became kind of one of the guns of those because he knew the roads really well and he could drive these little shitty four-wheel drive things pretty well. And and he became really quite good. And then he made a really, really fatal mistake with his driving career. He started to buy Porsches. Oh, yeah. Now, any of you that have listened to Whale Tail, he was the guy that had the grill in his backyard with that old piece of shit that he sold for and doubled his money. But then the guy found the original matching numbers motor for and quadrupled or tentrupled his money. So we're all quite dumb there. But so you got into Porsches, Nick, and what got you into Porsche 944? Jeremy Clarkson or some other like lunatic like that? I don't think he knew about him, and he was still a bit younger than me, I reckon. <laughs> well, everyone is, <laughs> yeah. apart from me. Um, I went through the process of trying to build a tarmac rally car and a classic one at that stage because we had a, 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 a classic Adelaide race any which involved five days of tarmac. It was a big racing. series, you know, people were building, spending hundreds of thousands building cars. So Nick thought he'd try and spend one buck. Yeah. and find the parts in the bin. And you did pretty well, didn't you? Yeah, well, I started with the thought, do I do a Starion Turbo? Rebel oh. Drive, Turbocharged? No, that went out the door because that, that, they weren't. it wasn't really something I... They were actually shit the whole time. I yeah. think they were. They were yeah, they, no, 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 I know they were. Yeah. And then I looked at Dats and 240Zs and I thought, oh, these are pretty They're good. They're shit too. Yeah, well, they, well they couldn't... Hollow, rusted out shit. Well, they were like fled from... Yeah, yeah, cars. junk, junk, junk. So junk. you go and look at one and... The budget back then was six to ten grand to buy a car and put a roll cage and yep. go racing. And uh, this little red 924 81 turbo, 924? That's what I started with. Oh, my God. I know. It was, it was horrendous. Six grand. Started it off. I put a cage in it that was two and a half grand. Put some flares on it like a Carrera GT body kit. Yes. Oh, you're the king of the Baker Shakers. It was the Baker Shaker. And yeah. this thing, Did you kick some ours? Oh, first time we took it out, we won the first stage. Yeah, but what happened to the second stage? It blew up? Like, that's your it's signature move. My signature move, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it started to sound like gravel again. Like we were, like, <laughs> we were on bitchman. <laughs> and uh, this this stage we're doing, I did this deal with my mate. You navigate one stage and I'll navigate the other stage. So I did yeah. the first stage. I cleaned yeah. it and won the stage. And yeah. no one had ever done that on that stage, by the way. And then they said, oh, the timing's good. The timing's wrong. Okay, that's cool, guys. Whatever. Anyway, he's used the time of being wrong too. Normally, he yeah. makes up his own times. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, now the guy who drove the second stage is probably one of Australia's pinnacle Porsche drivers mm -hmm. in Tarmac. Yeah, just pop his head. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So keep, keep talking. He like... got halfway through the stage, and I think I stopped talking because I was shit myself. And did you shit yourself? No, I didn't because. You it wasn't time because yeah. there was yeah, smoke and oil and everything coming out of his engine. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, it, it, it hand grenaded, yeah. And there was a gravel sound? There was a gravel now, sound. Now, the, the, one of the reasons I know Nick and I talk to him and I can get him on the podcast, he's a bit of a freak and everything else. Good driver, builds shit out the bin, but normally it's fast. Normally he wins stuff. Um, it's because I tuned some stuff for him and I must admit, we've had a couple of failures, but none of them have ever been the gravel noise. No. There have been other noises. There's been, like, there's been uh, man with the hammer noises. There's been uh, never the gravel noise. And the gravel noise means you're a shit tune-up. So you haven't done the slash and burn properly, which was my last episode. So 
let's get back to what happened after he got sick of actually really gutless weak front engine Porsches and he still has a beautiful one like a, a, a rally winning one he decided to get into Nissan GDRs the sledgehammer right. the sledge oh it's a sledgehammer right talk to me about that car and actually talk to me about the good experiences with that car oh out of the box we got this thing and um 2008 JDM had been punched into a tree at Target but fixed up nicely and Nicky went through it and fixed it all up smart and then what was the first time you took it out? It wasn't Eakson Creek. No, it was Malalar. We did a little bit of testing, remember? Yeah. Oh, I don't, but keep going. Yeah, we, we popped... Uh... With the engine? No. No, <laughs> we, we popped some good rubber on it. Yeah. Because we, we were planning to go to uh, Eastern Creek, which is Sydney Motorsport Park. For yeah. World Time Attack. This is this yeah, 2014? 2014? Oh, I reckon, was it 2014? 14? Yeah, so that's six years ago. Shit. So we, seven guys by the yeah, time you listen to yeah, this. Anyway, so yeah. it was a um, pretty pretty big event. So we did some testing in the car, and, we, and the, the car was pretty pretty stout. It came out with about 450 kilowatts at the wheels, I think, or something. Yeah, it had like um, Spec V, IHI, VF34s stuffed in the standard manifolds. It had, because it had... Had a little accident previous. It had a top racing carbon front on it. Had a nice little air emotions wing on the back. Had some KW suspension. And overall, if you're going to buy one of these cars, it was actually a compact and well-balanced package, in my opinion. And Nick, actually, he can't drive for shit, but he drove this thing really, really well and balanced it. So we took him to World Time Attack and HKS are there and G-Ready are there. And there was a special R35 class where you could run slicks. And so we put on some new slicks for Nicky, and there's about four of you in the class, or three of you, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, and what happened on the outlap, mate? Uh, I spun. <laughs> he looping on the outlap. Now, this is coming from someone that's run into a start line, and I know other people that have run into finish lines on the cool down lap. Nicky actually looped it on the outlap, but you scooped it up. And, yeah. and what was your actually your best time of that weekend you broke nothing which is amazing it's an r35 all they do is break they keep yeah. going yeah uh yeah we popped out a respectable time i think somewhere 136 35 8 i think it was 35 8 oh look out he's talking he wasn't that far off like someone with a blindfold that's never driven in a v8 supercar he was doing actually pretty well and i don't think as a privateer gtr not a factory car. He was a privateer because he refused to pay any fucking bills and he, he didn't want to be sponsored because that would mean too much stress. I think there's never probably been a privateer GDR that fast either at Eastern Creek or at your home track of um, Malala where you did a 10 which is up there with like um, two-year-old second-string cup cars. And we all know how fast... And if you don't know how fast a cup car is, you won't even get this anyway. But cup cars are bloody well fast and they just get off the corner and do things. Nick is fast there, but when he takes this GDR and rallies, when it's not got the gearbox and a million bits spread all over the ground, which is it's not my fault, it's not Nick's fault, it's just what GDRs do. Um, it, he's actually on tarmac stages. There's no beating this thing. It's a sledgehammer. And I think... If he had kept his mullet and not cut it off, because he is balding, but there's nothing wrong with a big bald patch and a mullet, but he cut it off. It's a bit like the Samson thing and his strength. It kind of, <laughs> it kind of went out the window. But, you know, you've got a team of good engineers around you. You've got, like, me who refuses to do anything to help you. 
You've got like Bobo who just wants to sell you a battery. Um, you get yourself that drives it, just whinges when a check light that comes on. I think this is kind of like the perfect team. So what do you think, Nick? I actually opted for a permanent check light. Yeah, <laughs> permanent check light. So if it's well, on, you bought a GDR, don't you? Close. If the check light's on, you don't have to worry about it, okay? So I've got a bit of tape and put it over the check light. That fixed that problem. Yeah, and you know he can deal with limp mode because he's dealt with it at home before, and that's <laughs> all right. But here's the thing: the Nick Streckles and Strakizen story is is quite a big one, and there's, there's many more nuances left to tell. So now we're up to the end of the podcast. I think this has been an impromptu thing. I've got Nick around here; he's not drunk, I am drunk, and we've done a good recording. I think what's going to happen from here is. Over the next few issues, we might revisit some stuff from Nick because he's got some great stories to tell. And if you're starting out in motor racing, listen to some of the shit he has to say because it might save you a lot of money and it might teach you a lot of things. Even if you're in America, even if you're in Chile where there are people listening to us right now, you listen and listen to Nick because he just might make your life a little bit easier. So stay tuned and tune in next week for your next edition of Range Anxiety.